1: Hey everybody, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by the good folks at WinBet. They've been our exclusive gaming sponsor all season long, and we thank them for their support. Uh, I'm Jeff Erickson here with my guest, Mike Dempsey. You, if you listen to SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio, you've heard Mike's dulcet tones many, 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 many times because he is one of the bedrocks of the channel. You can catch him also on the Fantasy Guru podcast. You can catch him if you're in the Jacksonville area. Uh, does uh, the Jacksonville radio net the Jaguars radio network? He's a game day co-host there and Jaguars today on 1010 XL. So, Mike, you're a busy man. Uh, you have been doing this for a very long time, and uh, we really appreciate you jumping on with me today.
2: Oh, I appreciate you having me, uh, Jeff. Uh, you know, I don't know if "busy" is the right word for it. You know, it's uh, you work two hours at a time in radio, but uh, yeah, it's it's a busy time of year as far as radio goes. No question about it. Love doing it though, man. I and mean, good to be on with you. Yeah, it's good to write and talk about sports for a living.
1: You know, it's one of those things that we've got the world uh, uh, wrapped around our finger, I feel like, sometimes. We're really lucky to have that. But uh, let's talk. Uh, There's a lot going on. Let's just jump right into it. The news that I think is interesting is Alvin Kamara back to practice, limited practice today, but didn't practice at all last week. So this has to be viewed as a positive step after missing last week. And I think some of the general vibe was that he was probably going to be able to return this week.
2: Yeah, they didn't put him on IR, which indicated they thought it would be less than a three-week deal. The fact that he's out there on Wednesday, great. Really could have used him last week in one league. I uh, had to play somebody else as a flex option and went with TJ Hawkinson. <laughs> that one, Jeff. And I lost by a single point. So, oh, no, <laughs> you know, welcome back, Alvin Kamara. A week too late for me.
1: They set the Hawk alarm way too soon. Uh, Now that that's in my parlance there. See, I'm a West Coast guy, so I don't get to hear Guru that much in the mornings there because 3 a.m. is still a little early for me. But, uh, you know, I I jumped onto that phrase and I know he's so good early on. But when you have zero wide receivers to throw to, it's just, you know, Hawkinson having to deal with that sort of coverage made it really, really tough.
2: Yeah, kind of weird, though. I mean, you know, the last three weeks have been pretty good, all double figures in PPR, and then he gets one target in almost five quarters worth of play. So, you know, Jared Goff was miserable and he was banged up, might not even play this week. So that explains some of it, but you'd like more than a single target. Yeah, it's one of those situations there where the guy tries, in the case of Goff, trying
1: to play through an injury because for the good of the team, Mm -hmm. when you're actively hurting the team by playing.
2: Yeah, the good of that team might be to go 0-17 and secure the first pick in the draft, honestly. I mean, the tie doesn't hurt them yet, but uh, if I'm Detroit and I'm their fan base, I mean, you can't say it publicly, uh, the team can't, but I'm rooting for them to get the most important thing you can get, which is the highest draft capital you could possibly have. They're not going anywhere this year. I mean, look, as a guy who supports the Jaguars, uh, we were in that situation last year, and trust me, everybody in Jacksonville was openly rooting for the L's. It sucks to have to be in that position, but that's where they're at right now.
1: Everybody, but the players and coaches, who we we've learned time and time again, they don't tank. I mean, front offices tank, owners tank, but sure. you do, you know, <coughs> players have some pride there, and everything they do is being put on tape. So uh, that's it, interesting there, but uh, it's 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 a fun dynamic. I'm a Bengals fan, so I know all about this. You know, mm. uh, I've been through this many many times as well, but. You know, there's times when you just you're better you're better off with the loss. Sometimes you're trying to build a winning culture, but not when you have zero. Uh, I, I get it there, uh, Kamara, If he does play, I'm probably unless unless they say he's on some sort of snap count, I'm putting him right back up in the top five. Oh, absolutely.
2: I, I mean, look, he's not getting the same volume that you'd like in the passing game, but it's a little bit better with Trevor Simeon in there than I think it would be otherwise. And, yep. and you know. Yeah, I mean, look, the guy, we saw what he did last Christmas, right, with the six touchdowns. He has the capability of scoring two from distance any given week, and he gets enough touches. Even with Mark Ingram there, it doesn't bother me. In PPR, I can't imagine I'd find five guys that'd want to play over him.
1: Yeah, I, I'd agree. I'd agree. Um, one of the guys that is in my top ten this week, just outside the top five, but number six is A.J. Dillon, getting his first big chance as a starter with Aaron Jones out. One to two weeks of the MCL, they got the bye. uh, So in week thirteen, so I could see him coming back week fourteen. Really like Dylan this week. Don't love or hate the matchup against the
2: Vikings. I think it's kind of one of those mid-tier matchups. What's your thought on him? What's not to like? He's going to dominate the touches there. And the big thing is for him is that he's finally involved in the passing game. You know, he caught four last week. Had two this week for sixty-two yards. So. You know that, and he's going to get twenty plus carries in this game, which should be a pretty good offense. I think this is a you know a game I expect to be around thirty to twenty seven something in that neighborhood, uh, similar to what the Vikings did with the Chargers last week. And you know, so uh, if you have Dylan, I can't. I mean, you'd have to be stacked. You'd have to have like McCaffrey and and I don't know who else, uh, De- DeAndre Swift, and maybe somebody right. else. Because you know, as long as you got two of the flex, I, I can't imagine that Dylan uh, unless he's on a team that has just fallen out of it and the, the guys stopped putting in a lineup, he's going to be in 95% of lineups this week. Right, should I mean,
1: be. some sort of weird dynasty or keeper format there where you happen to be stacked or oh, something like that. there are a few of like those. <laughs> yeah, rumor has it that you might plan a couple of those, but uh, or do, uh, among do. your 300 lineups that you do or drafts that you do every year or how many ever, ever it is, and you're just, I, I you got, you're crazy. I hear how you're doing drafts like the day after the Super
2: Bowl, I swear. Uh, you know, you and Bob, I mean, you live up to the name, football diehards. Well, we do. We draft a lot. But, you know, honestly, I, to me, best ball is just taken over for mock drafting. Mock drafting, mm-hmm. I was Agreed. never a fan of because, you know, you get six rounds in and people get bored. And all it takes is one or two people to, to screw around and draft a kicker in the second round or whatever the case. So now, you know, just putting 10 bucks on it, $5 on it, whatever, It people at least – are incentivized to try. And if you can get 12 good rounds out of it, doesn't really matter what happens after that. So that's, to me, has replaced mock drafting in its entirety. And, you know, the way I look at it, it, if you can't break even in best ball, you probably should stay away from best ball because it's not that difficult, I don't think, to break even, uh, especially if you play some of those 50-50s to kind of pad your bankroll where you got to finish top five out of 12. You do enough of those and, and you budget your money right. And so I end up doing anywhere from 40 to 80 uh, in an off season, you know, um, this year it was only in the, in the mid forties. So it was kind of a, honestly a quiet year, but I've had as many as 20 going at the same time. That's a little much even for me, you know, because right. it comes, you know, it comes like a job at that point in time, but I try to keep it below 20 how many teams I have to manage.
1: Uh, I think that's the good phrase.
2: Basis. Yeah, that's right. And I'm there, I'm at 17,
1: uh, 17 managed okay. leagues. Uh, I might wait 18. Cause I ended, added a guillotine league at the last moment. We, which we drafted like before week two. Uh, it, it was, it was fun. Cause I, you know, all the, all these leagues I played, I never got the chance to play in a guillotine league, wanted to get in it there. And I'm living up to the ethos of that. I'm always like the second worst score, third worst score of the week. Doesn't That's matter. in
2: advance, right? I love guillotine leagues. man. you know, a lot of people, I they have different strategies in these to me. Like, I just think it's so easy, again, to survive the first month because all you have to do is avoid that catastrophic week. So, yeah. you know, I, I take chances on guys, guys that are hurt. Of course, like this year, I drafted Michael Thomas, held on to him until they officially put him on IR. But I'm still around and kicking. I only play in one every year. And, uh, you know, it's fun. It's good to mix up the different variety of the types of leagues you play. Are you a believer in holding on to your fab and guillotine leagues? Uh, in theory, but come look and see how many dollars i have left it, right. it rhymes with hero okay yes. i have nothing I, I, i'm right there with you i, I, I did spent 900 plus on McCaffrey. so and he's worth it cuz <laughs> without him this week i probably don't advance i spent
1: 90% on Chubb. same thing uh except go. uh hasn't hasn't quite always got that same return on investment but Please, please play this week against Detroit. We need this. Yeah, we, we need high volume of Chubb against Detroit. That would be very, very nice, but we'll
2: see. Uh, we, we haven't got word. I'm just assuming he's going to play. I think he will. You know, uh, we typically assume these guys are going to return. Although Ben Roethlisberger, you know, uh, he's fully vaccinated, and apparently he was symptomatic. And, you know, even though that can get out of your system, you know, you won't officially necessarily test positive. There's, you know, wonder – in pittsburgh whether he'll be able to go this week so there's no guarantee until he comes off but i'm with you i'm anticipating he'll play yeah i love tomlin's comment about roethlisberger he's like we're going to practice as if he's not
1: playing but if he's able to jump on the moving train then great we'll go with him there so uh well you're right it's
2: either the the moving train or the train wreck right you you know with mason crosby i mean you know you, you can't beat the worst team in the league, we just got done talking about Detroit's tie there. So oh. obviously, you know Roethlisberger with no practice has to be the best option that they have. Yeah, you don't like Ben's short passes? Way to get a load of Mason Rudolph, three point right. eight yards per attempt. Ooh, he that, puts that... so much arc on even the short ones. It drives me crazy. It's just like the ball yeah. takes forever to get there, and I'm just I'm surprised he doesn't throw more interceptions with uh, defensive backs jumping his routes. But it is what it is. These last three weeks, you know, every time I do a
1: rewatch of a game, I feel like I'm doing everybody a service by watching some of these games. <laughs> uh just painful. I mean, well, you're you're a Jacksonville guy. The Buffalo-Jacksonville game, uh, there was just no flow at that
2: game at all. Just oh, we flag. love that game now, buddy. You watch your I bet you
1: because, did, yeah. You know, that, that's our,
2: our second win. That doubles the win total from <laughs> 2020. So we're pretty happy with the flow of that game. Put it in the loop.
1: But, uh, you know, it's just, it's just if you like yellow flags, it was beautiful. But uh just oh. – So much, so much, so many interruptions. Jacksonville defense is getting better.
2: I give them credit for that. That the pass rush is really starting to pick up the last two weeks. Yeah, they've been solid against the run all year. Um, you know, uh, coming into last week, they were third best in yards per carry allowed. Now, Jonathan Taylor had a huge first quarter, but after the first quarter, he had 11 carries for 23 yards. So, They, they have played basically about nine good quarters out of the last 10 defensively. But, uh, it's you know, their offense is miserable, as you well know right now. So that's just not necessarily going to be good enough. Yeah, and I don't think I've seen uh, any improvement from Lawrence. And I, I know his skill position
1: players he has to work with are subpar. Losing uh, Chark really hurt. Having Robinson
2: miss a game really hurt. But uh, I I just don't see it. I don't see the improvement. Well, weeks four through six, he got a lot better compared to the first three weeks of the season. But then mm-hmm. he seemed to have regressed a little bit, like in the last month or so. And, you know, you really right now you can't count on him at all for fantasy, certainly. I mean, he's not cracking 200 yards some weeks, and, and he's just not throwing touchdowns. A lot of that is he's got receivers that can't get any separation whatsoever. They don't have a field stretcher. Even though DJ yeah. Chuck didn't have a large volume of catches, he was averaging 22 yards a catch when he went down. They are supposed to have Travis Etienne who would have been, you know, everyone's wondering what he would have done to James Robinson's role. Take a look at what Jamal Agnew is doing right now. That is the role they wanted for Travis Etienne. There is room for those guys to coexist. Robinson can get 18 to 20 touches a game with a fully healthy Travis Etienne next year. I'm absolutely convinced of that. Yeah. And
1: I I think those guys and and having Sharkback freeze up Chenault a little bit too. I mean, We just – that's one of – I think that was one of – we saw the Cincinnati game where Chark got hurt. We saw a couple big plays from LaVisca. We're like, okay, it's LaVisca time. This is what the the summer
2: hype's all about, and then nothing. And I just think he doesn't have any room to operate. He doesn't separate, and he really doesn't. He's a big physical guy. He's great at breaking tackles. Might be the best tackle-breaking wide receiver in the league, but you can't make your living like that in the NFL. I mean, you have to be able to run away from guys, and he has a lot of drops this year – On top of that, Marvin Jones. I don't know if Marvin Jones is slowing down or it's just the general malaise of the offense. So hard to tell, man. But really, outside of James Robinson and Dan Arnold, quite frankly, is a decent floor PPR play. There's nobody you want to be touching in your fantasy lineups out of this team.
1: Yeah, I saw that the Jones drops against Seattle, in particular, were were pretty bad. Uh, You know, a couple. There's a there. You know, Lawrence made one really beautiful throw on a third and sixteen, right beyond the stick. And Jones just straight up dropped it. And yeah. man, that,
2: that was really bad. I remember well, that one. he makes two or three of those every week. But this week, he also probably threw five balls that skipped into the, his receiver's feet. So yeah, he, yep. he's got to play better. There's no question about it. For sure. For sure. We'll keep on with some new, more news of the week. But first,
1: quick note from our uh, exclusive gaming sponsor, WinBet. If there's one thing we appreciate here at RotoWire, it's making good decisions. And even more so, making the right decision. Listen up, folks. I have an incredible offer for you with RotoWire's newest partner, WinBet, the premier digital casino and sportsbook app. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for RotoWire's fantasy podcast. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more at your fingertips. Want a break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette, double down in blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at backer app. WinBet is currently available in seven states Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia while rapidly expanding. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering all RotoWire listeners a risk free bet up to $500 on your first wager. Download WinBet now. That's W Y N N B E T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for RotoWire's fantasy podcast. Jeff Erickson here with Mike Dempsey. Uh, We are talking about all sorts of news for week 11. We got the uh, Thursday night game. There's a lot of game time decisions in this one here uh, between the Pats and the Falcons. Starting off with Corderell Patterson, who, you know, made it into my top 10 rankings a couple of times already this year. You know,
2: finally he found a team that could unlock his potential. Now he's got the ankle sprain. Yeah, deservedly so he was in your top 10. I mean, uh, coming into this past week. If you ranked him as a wide receiver in PPR, I believe he was wide receiver six and he was running back maybe five uh, in that, you know, up to that point in the season. Obviously, got hurt in the game, didn't get nearly the touches that we're used to. Uh, I mean, we've already gotten more out of Cordero Patterson than anybody would have anticipated we've been able to get this year. But now that we have it, we've gotten used to it. I mean, I have him in about six leagues and he's an automatic play every single week. I'm really worried about tomorrow night. I'd almost rather. They didn't play him, give him yeah. the extra time to rest. Because my my big fear on this, Jeff, is that, you know, first, New England's pretty good at taking your primary guy and at least limiting him, not letting him go crazy on you. And I think he has to be considered the primary guy, even over Kyle Pitts. And then you get the ripple effect. If he's not in there, I mean, what kind of coverage is Kyle Pitts going to see in this football game? That's you know, not
1: exactly what I'm afraid of. Because I've got Pitts in one of my big leagues uh it's the rotowire steak league we have a side bet it's a it's a league but the side bet's on total points of the year we go out for a steak dinner at the end of the year eight of us do this top four eat for free fifth place pays for himself six and seven pay for themselves and one other and the last place pays for himself and two others we call them the double buyer they can run them about 300 400 bucks uh yeah go to a nice little steakhouse uh i've been doing this for 15 years and it's a great great time but i've got pits in that league so you know leave Let's get some. Let's get
2: draw some of that coverage away from him, please. Well, no matter how good you are, you got to have some degree of help there. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, Matt Ryan's having an okay season, but Matt Ryan's not the type of guy that's going to force it into double coverage all that often. And Kyle Pitts has had a few big drops, right? I mean, look, yeah, phenomenal talent. I love the guy. Honestly, I said before the season, I really haven't changed my tune on this. To me, he was the number one rookie for Dynasty over Najee. Over Jamar Chase. And I love those guys as the consensus top three in whatever order, depending on your needs, but it's such a positional advantage when you've got a perennial top five, not even the number one like Kelsey's been. That's unrealistic to expect. But if he's a perennial top five guy for a five to six-year run, and he's came into the league, I believe he was 20 at the NFL draft. So, you know, he's incredibly young. Um, I I love him, love the talent. And they're going to have to continue to get pieces around him. They need a healthy uh, Calvin Ridley back, and we wish the best for him with whatever he's dealing with. But man, getting back to Patterson here, I just I'm really fearful that if you play, if he plays, you almost have to play because he's been that good this year. And I'm fearful that right. he's going to have like eight touches, re-aggravated, just going to be, you know, it's going to be one of those thirty to fifty yard type games with no touchdowns, and we're all going to be wishing we hadn't played him. Yeah, they they called it a
1: not severe high ankle sprain. And I always thought those are kind of discordant. You know, you think anytime I hear high high ankle, I'm like, just, hey, sit them, rest them. It's like a calf strain. You just, you know, it's always worse than you think. Uh, So, uh, yeah, I agree. Rest them this week. I'd rather, I prefer that too. Just get through the week otherwise there. On the New England side, we don't know if Damian Harris is going to play. He did have a limited practice yesterday. We saw Ramondre Stevenson without Harris, though, look amazing against Cleveland, and this is a pretty solid matchup against
2: Atlanta too. I, I'd like if I have Stevenson, like, please, Damian, take take one more week, please. I'm a fan. This right here, Ramondre Stevenson, is why I want to see like us expand fantasy benches on average to like 12 players because it drives yeah. me crazy. I have a lot of shares of Damian Harris, and along the way, at certain points, picked up Ramondre Stevenson, but then you know even if you have a couple of IR spots, if you've got guys out, you got bye weeks it's just almost impossible to hang on to all of your speculative running backs. And then you drop them. You've been sitting on them for weeks. And then a week later, somebody else reaps the benefit of it. But yeah, you know, he looked great in preseason. He's got breakaway speed, which is something that Damian Harris really doesn't have, but um, I'm hopeful based on my shares that they go back to Harris. I think, you know, I think they could both be flex worthy. Uh, Harris is a little touchdown dependent uh, here. And uh, Stevenson's more of a guy, you know, Harris has got to get those touches inside the 10 yard line. Stevenson could take it to the house from wherever you can't count on that, but at least that possibility right. exists with him. hundred percent.
1: And I play a lot of NFFC where they have the 20 man rosters. And then you, you have a lot of room to stash guys like that. And when you see the talent, you got to get through these like healthy scratches and things like that. It's really frustrating, but no uh, Especially where Stevenson, like, uh, what was it? The Dallas game, he, you know, he was great. Uh, then it was a healthy scratch the next week. You're like,
2: what? And, and that's, that's just, probably uh, when I lost my Ramondre Stevenson yeah. shares. Right, yeah, right. And that's the game. Honestly, that's the thing, Jeff. There's so many examples of this around the league. I mean, you look at Philadelphia, right? Boston Scott, you think, okay, he's going to be the guy. Jordan Howard gets a lot of second half work. Then it flip flops and it's almost all Howard the next week. And then this past week is about an even split. And you know, I know they're not doing yeah. it to make us happy, but we we no. long for that consistency at least of usage and it's frustrating. Yeah, you know, that's why guys like McCaffrey are gold because you know the floor is is ridiculous the floor is over a lot of people's ceilings and we just don't have enough of those.
1: Yeah, and that's why Najee Harris is so awesome too, because ah. you just know he's getting the volume every yep. single week. And that that's a beautiful thing. Uh, and then also, perhaps in that game, Johnu Smith might not play again. He was limited, I know, uh, with the shoulder. And as a guy that has Hunter Henry in a lot of places, that's another one. Please, let's get fully healthy here. John. Does it matter?
2: Know. Does it really matter, though? Is I mean, Hunter Henry's been on a serious heater. What does he have? Uh, scores in six of the last seven. Seven right. total touchdowns in that stretch. John, who played most of that time. You that's, know, true. It, it's, that's true. It's odd. You go back to free agency. Johnu Smith signed... I want to say in the first hour that free agency was open That's right. this year, right? And then it was like overnight the Patriots counted their money up again and said, "You know, we could go get Hunter Henry too." So clearly they prioritized Janu. And I know Bill Belichick's always loved him as a football player, but I mean, you would think he'd have some involvement in the passing game at this point, but uh I mean, even in the two-tight end league, I don't I, of which I play in one, I don't even know if he's rosterable there.
1: Yeah, I agreed. I I am in one of those. uh, and Boy, it's not fun when you have to pick somebody up, let me tell you. But uh, yeah, and the thing is, we do have a history of the past finding use for two tight ends. I will say that Um, if there's any franchise that can make that work, it's them. Uh, But he's been hurt a lot. And I I think that's really the takeaway is that
2: that every time he starts to get in a groove, he gets he gets banged up. Uh, and well, so he's been hurt and they, they don't want Mac Jones throwing it 35, 40 times a game either. No. Right. And they're winning football games. They have a good defense, obviously very solid plan, the way they run their offense and Mac Jones is executing that plan. And it's not necessarily going to make him a fantasy star, but they're winning football games. So you can't really argue with their formula from their standpoint, but they're, it's just like Dallas Goddard. I mean, wh- what good is Dallas Goddard? If Philly is going to throw the ball 54 times over a three-game span, which is exactly what they've done, it it almost, you know, even Devontae Smith, who's had a couple of nice games in a row, as soon as you start counting on that, he's going to get four targets and catch two of them for 40 yards.
1: 100%, 100%. And, you know, the thing is, in both cases, it's working. You know, it's working for the Mm -hmm. Eagles. You limit the exposure to uh, Jalen Hurts. Don't ask him to do too much. Still runs the ball a lot too. I mean, he, yeah. he's still getting you that production. At least he did last week. The Detroit game, he didn't. That was such an extreme game, anyhow. He almost tossed that one right out. But you know, everyone was yelling at him:
2: "Run the ball more! Run the ball more!" They ran the ball more. It worked. Okay.
1: Oh, well, I guess we'll keep right doing now. Like that. Watch
2: when Miles Sanders gets back; uh, that'll all change. Right? Yeah, I that mean, could happen just, this week. Yeah, it, right. He did come off the uh, the injured reserve list, or at least he's act uh, dedicate or designated to return looking for that word just searching my mind Jeff yeah mm-hmm. I it's, I think it'll be a little bit
1: like CEH where he'll be designated and start practicing this week and then you'll see him come back next week that seems to be the pattern for most teams
2: yeah Andy Reid said uh, today apparently that uh, they may just hold CEH out because they got the buy coming up and he may not return till week 13 which quite frankly all my Daryl Williams shares would not be bothered in the least I do no. have CEH I really only have CEH in one league but he's pretty key to me in that league because I have zero running back depth whatsoever. It's a really deep dynasty, but uh, man, I I'm loving, who isn't loving what you're getting out of Darrell Williams right now. I mean, what a catch he made. The fact that Mahomes is willing to throw the ball up to him 38 yards and let him outfight a defensive back for the ball in the end zone speaks volumes about the trust he has in him right now. Caught all nine of his targets this week. So uh, I'd be happy rolling with him. I've got him probably at about a half dozen and, and uh you weigh that versus the one where i've got ceh you know who i'm rooting
1: right right i have zero of uh ceh this year but that's i i missed out on him in my dynasty league i'm only in one dynasty league and you know i just wasn't willing to pay that second round price so i just never got him anywhere but uh well we'll see i mean the thing is i think they did miss him a little bit cuz i think he is he brings a dynamic dynamic uh, impact on like he doesn't i think williams has done well but i don't think he quite has that same sort of top end speed that ceh has but uh you know we'll see i i think i wonder do you think the chiefs figured things out sunday night against the raiders or is
2: it just a bad night for the raiders i don't know i mean it finally looked like like travis kelsey snapped out of his funk. you know i think what they did was they came out early and they got the ball to tyreek hill And didn't try to force it into that umbrella coverage that teams have been throwing against him. And just Mm -hmm. get it in his hands. Let him beat guys, you know, on the outside. If you get him one-on-one, even if the guy's in great tackle position, he's so quick and fast that he can still make plays. And I think they went to some of that. Kelsey had a much better game. Mahomes threw the ball better. Let's be honest. Mahomes was not throwing the ball great there for a while. I don't know if it's completely fixed. But I like the setup here because I think Dallas is going to get their points. And I think Dallas's defense has played better, certainly this year, than they did last year. But I think this is got to be one of the games where you just feel like you got to empty the bench uh, here of your your typical, usual starters. I don't know about Dalton Schultz. You know, with Gallup back, the targets are, are off. Right. But, uh, you know, in turn, I mean, and I know Amari Cooper and C, even CeeDee Lamb, week to week. You you know there's going to be some frustration with the amount of targets and, and production, but right now you could play Dak, you can play CD, you can play Cooper, you could play uh, Schultz at tight end, and you can play both the backs. Zeke's probably a, a low end one most weeks, and Pollard's probably a flex, and uh, that's more than you're going to get on most teams. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch
1: the status of Tyron Smith a little bit, and I knew he was limited in practice mm-hmm. today, and that's a big one for them. I you know it's the with and without stats of with him are pretty pretty stark actually. Oh, no
2: doubt. But I, I mean, I, it's hard to believe you'd get away from playing Zeke. Uh, no, I regards, agree. I agree with you on that. It's more where like, you would rank him would certainly be a factor, no right. doubt. Yeah, that's always something you have to
1: deal with there. Uh, quick note uh, from our friends at Yahoo before we move on. Uh, the NFL season is heating up and Yahoo is going big on daily fantasy football this season. There will be a ton of big prize contests throughout the year on Yahoo, including their multi-entry contests now being shark free. To celebrate Yahoo going big on DFS as well as Yahoo Daily Fantasy becoming shark-free, Yahoo is giving all users the opportunity to claim free $10 in site credit. Users can take advantage of this free $10 site credit offer to join any paid contest, including Yahoo's biggest contest, the weekly $1 million million DFS NFL Baller Contest. The weekly $1 million contest features $1 million in total prizes, including first place receiving $100,000 and tons of overlay in prizes. Play daily fantasy football on Yahoo this season. Visit sports.yahoo.com slash daily fantasy slash welcome to claim the free $10 offer to get started. We're talking week 11 here, and I see a bunch of questions in the queue. We'll hit those up before we get off the show today. But uh, So thanks for throwing those in. We will hit those up. But a couple more things to talk about. A couple of big divisional games. I want to talk a little Minnesota and Green Bay. We mentioned uh, A.J. Dillon already, but also noteworthy. Rodgers and Adams didn't practice today. In Undis- Undisclosed reasons why. I wonder if it's just a rest day, but uh, something to watch for
2: with such a big game coming up this week. Yeah, I, I have so many shares of Devontae Adams. It's not even funny. And most of those are dynasty, too. My my 19 leagues are about evenly split between dynasty and redraft. So uh, okay. I do have I have tons of investment in Devonte, as, you know, he's obviously uh, the first or uh receiver off the board once Rodgers came back, or certainly no worse than a top five middle of the second round guy, depending on when you drafted. Uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers hasn't been win you your league good this year, but he's still right. probably the guy that you drafted to be your starter. And he hasn't killed you uh most of the time. There there has been a few examples. The one week where Devontae was out. Of course the first week of the season which uh the Saints just bum rushed him and then last week in his return from COVID. So I think most weeks uh, I'm going to be able to roll with Rodgers, but absolutely you got to watch that very closely. But the the big thing here is, to me, Dalvin Cook has not lived up to it this year, right? He just hasn't been the guy we expected as the consensus number two overall pick. But in his last three games against Green Bay, he's got seven touchdowns. So I'm hoping a little uh, AFC North familiarity gives us at least a double score game out of Dalvin this week.
1: Yeah, he's been a little unlucky too. I saw this stat: oh, five no times he's been tackled at the one yard line, only to see someone else get the sub the touchdown in the subsequent play. So, uh, I hate that's one of my least favorite sequences in football. Is your guy does all the work, gets you the one, and you know, and he's not even like a guy you take out in goal line situations. He just happened to go elsewhere, and just you run that like uh, that bad luck goal line uh, luck. Sometimes that happened with Nick Chubb a couple of years ago, where either Kareem Hunt would come in or they. They, they, they get stuffed at the one or they, the blocking scheme was terrible or something
2: like that. You're just like, ah, it just drives me crazy. It's one thing to put Kareem Hunt in. It's another thing to take Dalvin Cook out for Alexander Madison or anybody else for right. that matter. I mean, the talent drop-off is pretty significant, and Madison's one of the better backups in the league. The only time you should ever take a guy out when he runs it down to the one is when he puts his hand up to be taken out. And you tell right. me, Jeff, how many guys are putting their hand up when the ball's on the one-yard line? None of them. So, right. uh, you know leave them in and, and make us happy, make your fans happy. I, I feel honestly, I know it's probably not the case because they have other things on their mind, but you, you wonder sometimes if they're not like, hey, watch this. Because, right? yeah. you know, they feel like we could score with just about anybody instead of paying off their guy that everybody uh, would be happy with. They, they just want to stick it to us.
1: Yeah, clever coach syndrome. You get that all the time, it seems like. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the other game that I think, it, and there's a lot of uncertainty with this one, is Arizona-Seattle. Uh, you know. Injuries on both sides. Well, in the case of Russell Wilson, did he come back too soon? I mean, obviously, he struggled to get the ball to the wide receivers. What were your thoughts on him?
2: Well, he did play well, obviously. I mean, he had, uh, what, a, around 200 yards and a couple of interceptions. No touchdowns, obviously, in that game. Um, hardly hit the receivers at all, although he did throw to them each eight times. The top two guys, Metcalf and Lockett. Uh, I'm just going to write it off as kind of a rusty performance there. And, and Green Bay has played pretty solid defense this year even without Jair Alexander I they've been pretty good uh from a fantasy standpoint I've got them in a couple of spots and I've been pretty happy with their production so at least that's what I measure playing good defense by most weeks but I'm look I'm willing to give it a shot here and uh see what happens uh with Russell Wilson chances are where you have him he's probably your starter you you know depending on how you manage when he was out what you picked up you probably don't have a better option most weeks so Considering he's got the weapons, even though they want to be a run-first team, I'll give him a pass on the first one back. If it happens again, then we got to wonder if we got a little bit of a trend here.
1: Yeah, uh, for sure. On the other side, we don't know if uh, we're going to get Kyler Murray or DeAndre Hopkins or even Colt McCoy, for that matter, although I, I think they kind of downplayed McCoy's injury there. But
2: uh, that, that's kind of a significant factor, especially going on the road to Seattle. No, it's a huge factor, and it's a 4 o'clock kick or in that 4 o'clock window. So you right. know, if you don't have that other option to pivot to uh you know last week even though he you know that it was trending towards him not playing but I went with Tannehill in an early game in a league where I have Kyler Murray and just didn't even think twice about it you just can't trust that he's going to be available and DeAndre Hopkins even when he does play this year has not been anywhere close to the DeAndre Hopkins we've come to know because he's not getting force-fed the ball nearly as much because they finally have an array of weapons they're not on the same level as him but they have enough of them that you know when they go you don't have enough defensive backs generally to match up when you get down to Rondell Moore and christian kirk as your three and four four and three whatever order you want to list those in so you know if, if you're playing in an offense that encourages you to hit the open man you don't need to force the ball to deandre hopkins he was always quarterback proof because Even with bad quarterbacks, they were dumb enough to give him 12 targets a game, uh, even into coverage, you know, and that was fantastic for us. But, I mean, look, I I don't want to have to play him this week. He's my main quarterback in my guillotine league. I'm still alive, but uh, I'll probably roll Tannehill versus Houston and be pretty happy with that this week anyway.
1: I got pretty lucky because I also have Murray in my guillotine league, but I picked up Dak, uh, the team that had Dak, and I, I was able to grab him, so... Yeah, Dak against the Chiefs. Yeah, let's roll. We're good. Uh, You know, one thing,
2: let me just I I don't know how early you drafted Murray in that because the the guillotine leagues are 18 teamers now, right? Because one person's getting chopped every week. And so you get down to the end, they usually go three or four teams head-to-head over a a multi-week period. To me, just one thing I just wanted to mention while I'm thinking of it, I think it's important to have, if you can get one of those top six or seven guys that puts out, that 24 to 28 every single week it is such an advantage I'm willing to spend a second round pick depending on where my position is in that format specifically for a quarterback that I think is going to come true through and I had like I want to say like the third overall <laughs> took Kamara in round one and came back with Kyler Murray and for the most part up until recent weeks when he's been banged up and pretty happy with
1: it yeah um Positional advantage. It's the second time we brought that concept up and mm-hmm. it's especially, I think, important here. Like you said, I think we did 14 teams and we also started in week two. So it's okay. a little bit different, but sure. you know, the concept apl- still applies, right? And it, it's still like you, you want to have that, <coughs> excuse me, advantage everywhere you can. So yeah, definitely uh, watching that one there. <coughs> excuse me. Just, uh, there we go. little, little, little moisture there. All, always good. But, uh, So that's a tough one. I don't know what to expect out of Kyler if he does play this week because so much
2: is predicated on his mobility that you're not going to get that this week, I don't think. Yeah, I think you avoid if you possibly can, right? I mean, you've gotten by for a couple weeks probably without him. And unless you haven't, and you've, you know, just had nothing, if you, you know, if you're in a position where you get your option is playing Joe Flacco, who's going to get the start, it looks like for the Jets, uh, you know, I'd probably want to hang on, if at all possible, it looks like Murray's going to play. But, they're, you know, I think he's easy to pivot away from right now until we see it. And he's got the bye week coming up as well. So, you know, I think for the sure. main thing, if you're a Kyler Murray manager, is will he be healthy for the fantasy playoffs? That's the most important thing. And do you get there? Uh, I'd rather him be ready to go at that point in the season than have to rely on him this week.
1: I'd agree with that. Uh, we're going to talk a little Jacksonville uh, real quick, though. But a, a quick note first from our friends at Thrive. Thrive is back for another season of fantasy football and they're running huge guaranteed contests each week this NFL season. With Thrive Fantasy, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Sign up today and get a free 6-month RotoWire subscription. Here's how you can claim your free RotoWire subscription. 1. Visit rotowire.com/thrive. 2. Deposit a minimum of $10 and receive 100% deposit bonus up to $100. And three, plan your first paid contest and receive a free six-month RotoWire subscription.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data,
3: A jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas.
1: Big thanks to Thrive as well as our friends on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Uh, Thank you for your sponsorship all season long. Uh, my guest is Mike Dempsey. He does a lot of broadcast work in Jacksonville. He, uh, he covers both. Uh, he does the game day co-host on Jaguars Radio Network, and he does Jaguars Today on at 1010XL. 10, uh, 10, 10 uh, before we talk about that, though, Mike, there's first a note from the Jaguars. James Robinson didn't practice today. Mm-hmm. I'm not really worried about that. I think that's probably maintenance from what I can read. He looked pretty good against the Colts, looked pretty healthy.
2: He didn't look good in the first half. Uh, The Second half, I I don't know what it was, whether it kind of loosened up. He actually didn't start the game. Carlos Hyde got the first carry of the game. They went three Mm -hmm. and out, had the punt blocked, and then Robinson was in on the second series. But I thought in the first half, he kind of looked a little bit tentative. Usually, the, the great thing about Robinson is, he gets about two yards more than any play is blocked for. Yeah. He never gets thrown backwards. And he was getting stuffed a couple of times, and you rarely see that. Even, a, you know, where there's no hole, he'll push the pile for a couple of yards. He's very strong and great leg drive, but um, encouraging what we saw in the second half. Look, it, the, the great thing, too, is he gets involved in the passing game. And I think it you know hard to believe you've got the kind of depth to not play James Robinson if he is active. Uh, this right. week, which as of now, I don't have any reason to believe he won't be. I'm with you. Uh, I'll believe today's a maintenance day until we find out otherwise. Yeah. You know, I was, uh, I was, I did the rewatch of that
1: game and I thought there was a huge sequence early on in this game. Uh, third and one Colts 48 for, 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 whatever reason, Hyde was in the game instead of Robinson. They ran a slow developing play up the middle, lost a yard. They punted from midfield. They were already down 17 to six at the time. And. Colts got, I turned around and got a drive for a field goal there. And those three points mattered. Plus just you, you lost, you, you had pretty solid field position, a good chance to score and that, that that sequence of plays, giving it to Hyde and then punting when it didn't work, ah, it just
2: drives me up a wall seeing that. Well, yeah. And look, uh, the thing is, checks were five out of 15 on third down. Don't know, if, you know, had they gone for it, I would have had all that much confidence that they would have made it. And their right. defense was playing better. I mean, really after that first quarter, and you include the fact that seven of those points came on the special teams and not the defense, they allowed two field goals the rest of the game. You know, right. So I think that was a case where the offense was going three and out, three and out, three and out. They went six of seven drives in the first half. I just think they had no confidence that we're going to be able to convert this. We're going to give them the ball in prime position. So let's punt it away. Let's trust the defense, which honestly right now, which is hard to believe the way this defense started the season, that this could be the better half of any football team. But – they played okay in the last few weeks. Uh, the The run defense has gotten better. They simplified a lot of their substitute. They were substituting en masse on the defensive line, and they're getting out of position. There's a lot of, you know, looking around like I'm in the right, right. spot. There are a lot of 12 men on the field issues. Just general not – in sync and they've simplified a lot of concepts they've switched away from playing a lot of man to a lot more zones still mixing in man and it, it seems that they've hit their stride keep my look urban meyer's first time head coach in the nfl uh joe Collins' first time defensive coordinator in the nfl you got a ton of youth on that side of the ball plus a lot of free agents that came in uh defensively particularly so it's taken them about a half a season to figure out on that side i, I can't tell you how long it's going to take on the other side of the ball right now but at least we're encouraged in Jacksonville that the defense is starting to come along. That's good. Um, Your thoughts on Urban Meyer. I know he was kind of a national punchline for a
1: while, but you know, he's had winning experience at a lot of different levels. I think I know he made some mistakes, both hiring and obviously sticking around in Ohio instead of going back to the team and all that, but he's not an idiot. You know, he's obviously had a lot of success along the way. Is it, are you, is, are people feeling more comfortable with the job he's doing in
2: Jacksonville now? Well, uh, some are, all right, and Some are. Yeah. And he's not an idiot. I understand the, the sense you're talking about. You can't win three national championships and be a, a complete fool. But he's done some idiotic things uh, yes. here along the way. I mean, the Chris Doyle hiring was yeah, like, like, what are you doing? I mean, how do you not know that this is going to be an issue? And then the, the staying behind in Ohio, I mean, honestly, The bigger, and we have on our show Jaguars today, we have a lot of former Jaguars that are co-hosts. They'll come in, they kind of a revolving door, different day of the week. And to a man, they weren't so much embarrassed by the video, by the fact that he didn't travel back with his team. right? And his his whole thing is, his, his slogan is own it this year. And where is taking ownership of a team that was struggling? They had a good performance, but they lost in overtime. And, you know, You fight together, you win, you lose as a team. Look, you can you've got the rest of of that time because it was a Thursday night game. You can come home, you can take Shad Khan's private jet back to Cincinnati. I'm sure he would have flown you up there. It just it seemed like a a very easy mistake to avoid. And that's been the issue with him. I'll say this: he knows what he doesn't know. You know, whether you like the hires of Bevel and Cullen as the coordinators. He knows he hasn't coached at this level. And you'll notice Urban Meyer doesn't wear the headset on the sideline hardly at all. He doesn't micromanage his coaches during the game, sometimes to a fault to where he probably does need to be a little bit more involved. Look, yeah. I was I was opposed to the hire, right? I'm, I'm not going to pretend that I wasn't. I was I honestly anybody but Urban Meyer, quite frankly, based on his track record. And I don't want to get into the whole litany. But I said, once he got right. hired, I'm going to root for the guy to have success you know, look, they've won more games than last year. That's an incredibly low bar. Um, But for folks in the national media, I think there's a lot of animus towards him. Understandably so. But I think missteps that he has, like people lump in drafting Travis Etienne in the first round with some of this other stuff. Well, that's a philosophical football decision, right? I mean, you know, like you have a good running back, I get it, but they're planning on using Etienne differently. Well, that's as bad as hiring Chris Doyle. They're completely different categories. So look, he's an easy punching bag and he's earned it over the years with some of the the decisions that he's made. So nobody's feeling sorry for Urban. We just want to win football games in Jacksonville. Don't ruin Trevor Lawrence. That's the biggest job that Urban Meyer has for the rest of this season. Yeah,
1: I, I'd agree with that. So, you, uh, you, are you born and raised Jacksonville? You, is this your kind of where you bo- grew up? Or how, how did you get involved in covering the Jaguars?
2: What, what's your background? Uh, born in Connecticut, moved to Florida when I was nine. That is a long time ago now. Yep. And uh, grew up. About an hour from St. Augustine, Florida, where I live now, which is about an hour south of Jacksonville, and I uh, ended up going to college in St. Augustine. Met my wife there. We settled in St. Augustine, and I, you know, we were both the uh, psychology majors. I had a psychology degree that I wasn't using. Uh, always a you know lifelong sports fanatic, and just decided one day, uh, listening to some bad sports shows back in the nineteen nineties uh honestly the the worst one, the pete rose show is the one that encouraged me Ooh. to get into it pete rose was a terrible host but he got the greatest guest because he was pete rose and i'm like man i i think i could do as well as this guy talking sports you know and we all think right. that right and and so you know got went back to school got a, a broadcast degree uh which by the way totally unnecessary to do the job i do but that's another story and then just got into local radio and r- right about the time that The Jaguars came into existence. So it was very fortuitous timing. Um, Worked in St. Augustine hosting shows for about the first four or five years of their existence. Got into Jacksonville, got an afternoon drive slot uh, back in 2003. And ever since then, I've been on the air in one time slot or another. And then we became the official flagship station of the Jaguars about this is, I think, our eighth season of that. And uh, that opened a lot of doors and, you know, working with Maurice Jones, Drew and Jacksonville opened doors for me at Sirius XM because yep. uh, they wanted to, him to do a show and uh, he had worked with me before. So, you know, it's a, uh, my life is a series of uh, right place, right time, Jeff.
1: <laughs> I hear you on
2: that. Uh, I'm a
1: poli sci, I had a poli sci major. Uh, I have a law degree and I use neither. And uh, I started doing broadcasts when Sirius X is before it was when XM, before they were separate, Sirius and XM right. were separate. They were launching a baseball channel and they put out for bidding to host a one hour fantasy show, wrote a wire won it. And they're like, Jeff, you go do that. You do more radio than anybody else. Oh, okay. I have no radio, TV, film background whatsoever. I can attest that you do not need a broadcast degree. I mean, you need it helps to have some polish. You learn stuff along the way. I had a minder, if you will, a veteran broadcaster. You know, Phil Wood was my Mike Dempsey to uh, Mike Dempsey to MJD. Phil Wood was to me, except the fact that I didn't have a playing experience or bring any big names or anything like that. But uh, you get better and better with more experience, and it's been a fun ride. I get to
2: write and talk about sports for a living. It's awesome. If I could say that, honestly, people ask me all the time, uh, how do I get your job? Well, first, you can't have it, okay? (laughs) So uh, you can have some similar job, but not mine, please. Uh, But the, the two things I always tell people are, number one, volunteer at a college radio station. Because it it they take community volunteers with no experience. My first radio gig, I went into the college radio station when I decided I wanted to go back for broadcasting. I said, I want to be on the air. And the guy goes, what are you doing tomorrow at noon? I'm not kidding. <laughs> and, and I said, "Why? Well, I, I, I don't know, uh, nothing. And he goes, well, you're hosting a classical music show tomorrow at noon. I know nothing okay. about classical music, but I can study enough to, you know, play a few 15 minute pieces and introduce them and that was literally my first show and then it just went from there so number 1 volunteer because you're right nothing beats reps man i mean you know just to 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 have to fill airtime and do it for hours on end sometimes you know just if you can do that and you then you go on to a show like on Sirius XM where you have phone calls stacked up waiting for you it, it's like it, it really isn't like work uh, and then the other thing is just never say no to anything, right? I did right. a lot of uh, in college when I went back, I did a lot of basketball, play by play, did a lot of sports, but I didn't do baseball. But I grew up as a baseball fan. So I got a chance when one of my stations was a, uh, hosting games for the double A affiliate of the Dodgers, the Jacksonville Suns are now the Jumbo Shrimp. And when we got the broadcast rights, so I said, Hey, do you do baseball? I said, Absolutely. I do baseball. Tons. Yes, I I, do. You just, yes, I do. Yes, I do. Don't say no <laughs> to anything, Jeff, right? I mean, I try it and fail fine. But saying no, man, you don't know. Get in there and uh, fake it till you make it. I, I truly believe there's a lot of that. I mean, you you have to have some level of ability to do it or you're going to fail ultimately. But I got to do five years as a professional baseball broadcaster because I was smart enough to say yes. And if, they, if you say no, they may not ask a second time. They might but, not. You're right. Uh,
1: so that's that that's definitely uh some of the trick here yeah oh, we're gonna do a couple questions i know you got to get out here so we're gonna hit a couple of these questions are up in the queue sure. thank everybody for jumping in on this uh f says i trade away erin jones deontay johnson for david montgomery and brandon cooks uh good trade bad trade he thinks that david
2: montgomery might be a league winner for the playoffs and didn't want to wait for uh jones to come back what do you think boy i'd be hard-pressed to make that deal i mean for one Deontay Johnson is just so steady week-to-week week in yep. terms of the targets. And Brandon Cooks is all over the place. I mean, it's a hot start to the season, but since then, very few games that you'd want him in your starting lineup. And, and I get it. Look, I, you may be able to break even on this deal because Montgomery's going to dominate touches for Chicago, whereas clearly A.J. Dillon's got a role even when Aaron Jones is healthy here. But I just think better overall offense is going to produce more scoring opportunities. I, I would have rather had the Jones-Deontay side. I agree with you on that one. There.
1: Let's go on to Michael. He wants to talk a little about Kyle Pitts. This is not a uh, dynasty league; it's redraft, I believe. Uh, Pitts, Gaskin, Renfro. What does that get him as terms of running back? These are always tough questions to answer because, like, who's available? Context everybody right. else, but uh, yeah,
2: you can offer. Well, of take him. take Gaskin out, and you might get more. Uh, <laughs> yeah, start honestly. Uh, people see Gaskin, and they're like, "Why are you trying to dump Gaskin on me?" Uh, but maybe, you know, honestly lead, uh, with Pitts and Renfro and say, Hey, I'm willing to give you Gaskin if that helps you, you know, and, and it's the same deal. I think there is a lot of psychology to how trades get done and and offered, but, uh, I don't, I mean, like, I'd like to say like a a Deandre Swift kind of guy, but it's not like Kyle Pitts is dominating on a weekly basis. He's right top. I want to say top seven in PPR among tight ends, but. The difference between that and like the tenth tight end is not that great, and no. Renfro's a solid wide receiver three. So I mean, I, I think I'm shooting way high when I when I the first name that came to mind is DeAndre Swift. I'm thinking more about draft position. Like I'd like to get a guy who came off the board somewhere in round three. Um, I don't know. I, I can't give you a name specifically, right. you know. But I I think the key here is you find the team that would most need Kyle Pitts and you start there and there have to be a couple of tight end deficient teams. And then you look for the one that has the best surplus of running backs. And, you know, you've got these pieces. Does Renfro make sense for this team as well? Are they loaded at receiver? Maybe you have to pivot to something else. I think it's more so I don't go looking for specific players. I look for specific trade partners. What do you need that I can provide you to give me what I need? Find the team that's
1: got Cooper Cup on by this week. Maybe use it. Hey, you got Renfro you can plug in. Plus, you can upgrade it tight oh, end. Oh, I'll give you that,
2: all that. I'll give you Gaskin. I'll give you my firstborn, and you can give me Cooper Cup. And that seems yeah, like uh, I'm still winning that deal. There you go. Uh, this week, Tua or Herbert? Right, Herbert's been really frustrating lately. One good game out of the last four. Boy, he. I, all right. I'm going to say, assuming that... Tua is 100%, and we have that feeling going into it. I mean, the matchup is so good against the Jets. I I, Honestly, I don't know if I'd have the stones to do it because I don't have this decision to make in any league. I got a few Herberts. I have one Tua, and it's in a super flex, and I only have to decide versus Justin Fields every week. So for the second QB spot, I think – Objectively, I'd like to say Tua, uh, but uh, again, I'd have a tough time doing that in my own lineup. It's why I'm not an analyst, Jeff. I'm just a radio host uh, who has an opinion is all I am. I I don't have to do like you guys do and put out those top whatever rankings every week, and I have a lot of respect for that. Yeah, the yeah, Chris uh,
1: Chris always gives me a hard time. He's like, you get to deal with those rankings, Jeff. He gets to be the guy's pundit on our show. Uh we'll do one more here before we let Mike go. Should I trade Hertz and Brandon Cooks for Jamar Chase, Russell Wilson? That seems like you're getting a lot for Hertz and Brandon Cooks. Way too
2: much, actually. I mean I don't even need to get it. You stop at Jamar Chase and the answer is yes. Yes. I mean, I'll find look now. Hertz has been nice, right? He's been for the most part, very consistent. But what's consistently happened the last three weeks is they're limiting how often they need to throw. They play a series of terrible offenses down the stretch. And if teams are not pushing them offensively you know putting up big points against them they're gonna stick with that formula he's thrown it 54 times in the last three games that's you know what 18 a week that's simply not enough to count on It gives you a decent floor but he's he's a good he's a safe guy who generally won't beat you but I don't think he's a league winner this year either Jamar Chase is a league winner man he he could go right to the top of your wide receiver depth chart so uh that anything else you get thrown in with Chase heck yeah I'm doing that deal yeah
1: I hundred percent agree, Mike. I know you got to go. You got a podcast host. When when can people catch you? Because I know you're in a lot of places.
2: You're omnipresent. Right. But- um Mondays and Thursdays, ten to midnight with Bob Harris on Football Diehards on yep. Sirius XM. Every other Tuesday uh, with Michael Fabiano on Fantasy Dirt from eight to ten. Saturdays, five to seven with Bob on the Fantasy Channel, and then we do another three hour show that night on NFL Radio that starts at eight o'clock. And uh, if you're uh, really into Jaguar football, you'll find me all over the Jaguar radio network and uh, on 1010XL, which you can stream at 1010XL.com if you really want to get a deep breakdown of what's going on in Jacksonville from 10 to noon every day.
1: Well, we do have a question in the queue about uh, Jamar Agnew, so I'm sure you can get all the Agnew content that you want when, on that as well.
2: And then you're Absolutely. doing a podcast too, right? Yeah, We do a podcast, uh, just kind of a game preview. we do it Wednesday night, so that'll drop sometime tonight at fantasyguru.com. And uh, appreciate having the chance to do that. Look, I love talking fantasy football, Jeff, like you. Like, uh, you yep. know, I, I appreciate you having me on. I'm happy to share my opinion, take it for what it's worth. I never once have referred to myself as a fantasy expert, I don't even consider myself really a fantasy analyst. I think there are so many smart people, and we hear them every day every season when they call in with really interesting strategies and thoughts so uh you know we we just are the ones who are lucky enough to present it and hopefully in an entertaining fashion and uh that's about the end of it for me indeed well this has been a lot of fun Mike thank you so much
1: for, for uh, joining me and uh look forward to listening to you and Bob I caught you a lot on Saturday night actually so it was good on the
2: NFL channel so that was cool. we appreciate you buddy and uh, it's been great being a colleague of yours for a long time now over at Sirius XM so continued success for yourself as well. Thank you very much.
1: That's going to wrap up today's podcast. We've got uh, Mario and John tomorrow. Thanks to WinBet for their exclusive gaming sponsorship all season long. Thanks for listening. Take care.
4: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality.